This is the Bling Vieira Podcast. Got that right. And I'm your host, Bling. I think it's so cool that you're here today. is Sunday morning. It's about 2.30 a.m. market time. And I'm making this podcast because I thought there's been so many times when I've been up late at night and I felt like the only person awake. Um, I was hiking today. There's a few things I want to talk about. First, Saturday Morning Zounds was such a good show today. I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but it was a touching, touching show. It reminded me of summer. It reminded me of my brother and my friends growing up and future friends and current friends now. And I had a lot of fun making that show today. Before the show, after the show, um, I usually go on a lot of walks. Like I said, I, I go on walks on the beach all the time. There's no beach here. But I go on long walks all the time. And today I had a few thoughts. And one of them was while I was hiking at this, um, it's kind of a tucked away little canyon here. This guy's walking by with a Great Dane. And I was just thinking, that's a big dog, man. They're like the size of a small horse. And if that dog came running at you, even if it was friendly, it could still just like barrel right on through. You might get hurt pretty bad if this dog just jumped on you. Running full speed. Oh yeah, and then I wanted to talk about a few things. The rat, 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 rats, rat traps, rat, rat, bootstraps, bootstraps. <laughs> no, rat, rats, rat traps. He sets these traps, man. That's another thing I want to talk about. Mainly, I just wanted to, if anyone's awake, just be like, hey, you're not the only one awake. Rat, rats, rat traps. Okay, so Matt is the studio assistant, like the studio engineer. Um, they call him assistant, but he's basically running the studio. And he records bands in these different studios. There's different rooms and things that are... And he records podcast or does whatever. He runs the studio. Thank you. And he's here at different hours. Usually he's here kind of just throughout the day, typically Monday through Friday. Um, you can just kind of find him throughout the day. And there's really not like a schedule for it because he's recording bands, bands that are coming through town, local bands, uh, local singers. Just he's always, or just people that are sending tracks to him for him to mix. And he's a really talented guy, Matt is. But he also is, and he's smart, shrewd. He also sets these, what I have come to call rat traps, uh, over the weekend. Not so much during the week. Everything's usually smooth sailing during the week. But he'll set these traps to where when I trip these traps, because he knows I'm going to trip them up. He knows. He sets them for me because he knows I'm going to set this trap for bling. He's going to trip it up. And when he does, I'm going to blame him for this. And then bling is going to feel so uncomfortable to ask me for help because of what he did to ruin everything, that he's not gonna ask me for help anymore. And so he gets like a free week, or free, a free 48 hours whenever I trip up one of these rat traps. And so the most recent rat trap was the swamp cooler. He had, he had some way 
to where this swamp cooler was like completed the circuit for the fuse box. I don't know, man. But I come in on yesterday morning, Saturday morning, to do Saturday morning sounds, and there's this big duct taped note that says, do not turn off on the swamp cooler, and not is capitalized and underlined. And I was like, okay, I won't turn it off, but I'll just go and plug it. Like, I'll just go and plug this thing, dude. And I'm pretty sure Matt thought knew that I was going to unplug the swamp cooler. I'm, I'm pretty sure he knew that's exactly like, oh, plan B. If I can't turn it off, I'll just unplug it. His bling voice. And I unplug it. The computer shuts off. Console shuts off. All of it. Microphone doesn't work anymore. Nothing's broken, dude. Every, I broke the entire studio. I brought it down. And so he says, text me in case of emergency. He's got his number up there. So I text him. And he goes, he didn't even say, question anything. The question that he said was, why did you turn off the swamp cooler? And I said, oh, it was very loud. But he, there wasn't even the, the responding, the three dots, the, the ellipses showing up on my iPhone. Like, I don't even think he read it. I think he saw the preview where it said it was too loud. And I think he just swiped up and he was just like, Bling's an idiot. And he's going to, he's going to burn down the studio. So then he shows up and like goes to fuse box and start. And the whole time he's just going, like he was so bothered to be here. So now I don't ask him for help for like 48 hours because I feel embarrassed. Like, so he gets Sunday off, he gets um, Monday off. And Tuesday I can start asking for help again. And then he'll set another trap, and that's just how it goes, man. But, yeah, so what I was saying was earlier, yeah, that's, that's the Rat, 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 you show. Rat, Rats, Rat Traps. What I was saying earlier about the Great Danes, I was hiking earlier. And I was at this place that I found over in November. Uh, it was in the middle of November. And why I'm making this podcast, like I started off saying, if you're awake and you feel like you're the only person awake and you just kind of want to hear someone's voice or just know that someone else is either awake or was awake at some, you know, late, really late at night. I don't know, man. There's a couple stories I can share with you. And this first one goes back to the hiking in the Great Dane, and that's I was driving around in November it was probably around Thanksgiving, probably a little bit before Thanksgiving. And it had just snowed the entire day, and it let up, and so it was very quiet, and it just started to snow again. And I couldn't sleep. I could not sleep, man. Um, and so I had to get out of my... Uh, apartment, the room I was staying in at the time. And so I I went for a drive and it was so quiet and so late. It must have been like 3.30 a.m. when nobody's awake. Everybody is asleep at that time. Everybody is asleep except for a few people. 
and I was one of those few people, and it was so quiet, and it's like right before Thanksgiving, and there's all of these things going, that was like the height of the pandemic, and there was all of these things going on in my personal life, where I had a lot going on, and I was just thinking, I had so much on my mind, and I was driving around, and I found this trailhead in the middle of the night, completely dark and silent. I found this trailhead in, in the snow. And I, it said it was only open from 6 a.m. or f- to 10 p.m. And I was like, it's not open, so I'm not going to try and... I'm not going to get in trouble. But I'm going to come back to this place and hike at this trailhead at some point when I can and when, it, you know, when it's not snowy and cold out. Freezing out. It was freezing that night. It was so cold. So I went back, I found the same trailhead. It was kind of difficult to find. I don't know how I found it in the snow that night because I can't even find it in the daytime now. But I found it and I went back today and it was just a very nostalgic day. And then thinking about Saturday morning zounds today with swimming pools and country clubs and siblings and having fun and joking around and having fun, being silly and goofy for a weekend. And I just kind of had this time to myself to think and reflect a little bit about my own life and where I was back in November and where I felt completely alone, totally the only one still awake. I'm the only one who's awake in the world right now, it feels like. I'm totally alone. I'm totally empty and no one understands anything. <laughs> I felt nobody, nobody's listening to me. Nobody can, nobody cares. And everyone, I, like this is the pandemic full blown at its height. I think Utah actually, I think our uh, governor shortly a, a week or two before this, before finding this night, this night in the snow, the governor of Utah issued a state of emergency for the pandemic. I think our hospitals were getting too crowded and all this stuff was happening. I think basically canceled Thanksgiving. And so there's so much going on, like personal life, professional life, trading, moonlighting as a lawyer. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like you're trying to do all these things and now it's a podcast. Now I'm doing podcasts. Yeah. I'm trying to do all these different things, but looking back on it now and thinking too, like, wow, that was seven months ago. That was seven months. It seems like seven months seems like a long time, but it doesn't seem like it was that long ago. That or seven months isn't a very long time, but it it seems like it was just a few weeks ago. And I it reflecting on the song today and just thinking about everything that nostalgia that you have, and I felt pretty hopeless around Thanksgiving. I'm not gonna lie. I felt pretty alone driving around in my car. That <laughs> it was a silent night. It was a silent night in November, and it was just silent. Or you could hear your heartbeat. And I, I think if I could hear somebody, I did actually watch a, a YouTube video, and I think it kind of inspired where we are right now. But I watched a YouTube video of this, I don't even know who it was, but it was a live stream of this guy in Australia 
and he was, I think, I don't know where he's from originally, but he kept talking about his studio in Australia. And he was just walking around and going to the train station and there was someone yelling, I remember, at kind of um, getting into one of the train stations. There was this guy that was like yelling on a megaphone. He was like a, a Christian preacher. And I was just watching this guy's live stream as he was talking. And he wasn't talking about anything specific or any hard-hitting issues. It's just his life. But seeing this life in Australia and having it be kind of a live stream, I didn't feel alone sometimes at night in that in that room that I was staying in and traveling around and all that. If you're traveling around or if you're on business or if you're staying here for a short time or staying here for a short time, man, those, those trips can get kind of lonely. And I think with the holidays, compound it with the holidays, compound it with the uncertainty of the pandemic at the time and what's really going on. And like, are we going to get, is it going to get worse? Is it going to get better? And no one wants to even go outside freezing those were long days those were very long days and tomorrow is the longest day of the year and it's strange to think because things haven't really improved i guess drastically they have in some areas for sure there's been huge improvements but as far as like my individual life goes i'm still like grinding away every day and still just trying i'm trying new things doing the podcast now spending money, (laughs) things like that, doing things, trying new things. But I think this summer I even told uh, another friend, like this is kind of, I I feel like it's only, we only get one chance this time around to where it's like you can either make things go your way this summer or not. And you can really try to make things go your way or you can just kind of get back into that, that comfort zone that you were in during the pandemic and before the pandemic, sort of that comfort zone that is your comfort zone and just get back into the same routine and all that. Or you can kind of break out of the mold that you've created for yourself over all the years, that comfort zone that you have, you can break out of that and and be someone else or be someone that you want to be. And that's something that I'm starting to realize now and maybe it took longer than the majority of everyone else, but I, I get it now. But I think even more than that, I've just matured a lot to where I recognize situations better and maybe the severity of a situation or the importance of a situation. And I don't... I think I still get... I still jump to conclu- the worst conclusion. I'm still quick to jump to the worst conclusion, I think, sometimes. And I shouldn't be. Because just a few weeks ago, I had not a very good experience with something. Like this moonlighting as a lawyer, I was saying, right? So, yeah, I had 
I get to see briefs, I get to read things, I get to edit things, I get to rewrite things, I get to add my two cents sometimes, I get to zip it sometimes and not add anything and not say anything. <laughs> but I get to see a lot of different things. And what's cool is like, I'm not a lawyer. And so what's cool is I can kind of deviate from, I guess, the, the standard protocol or the standard approach in a more strategic way than I think maybe a lawyer could or what they're, what they're used to, what the industry standard is. And that is an advantage. But at the same time, I get sort of emotionally invested, but I guess not personally. I have... Um, <laughs> it's kind of funny. My friend and I joke around and we say I have a broken emotional regulator. We say my emotional regulator is faulty. I had a recall on my, on my uh, human model of regulator. We joke around like we call up AutoZone. But if, if it was for human beings like a hospital, say, hey, do you guys have any more of those regulators? Emotional regulators for, uh, you know, this model? Because I get emotionally invested in things to where I probably, sh it's none of my business for one. I, I'm not really actually emotionally invested at all. But I do allow myself to do that. And sometimes that's draining. Nothing happens. Like it's, it's nothing extreme or nothing bizarre or weird. I just think I have sometimes a little bit too much compassion and a little bit too much sympathy to where it's a flaw. It's a character flaw to where it, it hinders me from progressing sometimes to where I need to be more assertive and all that other stuff. But sometimes I just lack it. For example, today, one of those damselflies, they look like a giant mosquito. It flew into my room and I started spraying it with this like alcohol spray and I could tell that this damsel fry, fly started and it looks like a giant mosquito you know what I'm talking about it started freaking out so I was like okay it it's a sentient being <laughs> it can tell that I'm trying to harm it and it's freaking out about it and so I have to just stop Whatever, I, I think I'd just gotten out of the shower or something. So now I've got to go grab a paper towel and, you know, gingerly, ever so delicately grab this giant mosquito looking thing and then let it outside. And like everyone else would have just killed it. And I, I, it bothers me sometimes because I'm like, why didn't I just kill this stupid thing? You know? <laughs> it came into the wrong place bad timing on everyone's part. And I think about it, it kind of in a bigger picture and it kind of opened my eyes a little bit because when I was 18, when dinosaurs were on the air, what, two weeks ago when you were 18? When I was 18, I got arrested for trespassing for skateboarding at an elementary school. I was skating with pro skater Ryan Lay at the time. I, this is no lie. This is a true story. I was skating with Ryan Lay before he was a pro. I, I was friends with his older brother, Stuart. And that's how I met Ryan. But we were skating at ele elementary school in Gilbert, Arizona. And uh, I'm pretty sure that's why Ryan... Actually, you guys should donate to the Skate After School program in Arizona. Or... Yeah, even if you don't live in Arizona, donate to it anyways. 
Ryan Lay skate after school. Um, donate to that on uh, that charity because it's a excellent excellent program created by professional skateboarder Ryan Lay. And I'm pretty sure some of the inspiration for skate after school might have stemmed from getting arrested at Gilbert Elementary. And he was 12 years old at the time when this happened. Ryan was. I remember the, the police officer that was arresting us. I remember he put a, the handcuffs on Ryan and said, I know, these, I know you can slip out of these, but I'm going to put them on you anyway. And we were just all like, what? Like, why are you, hand, why are you putting a 12-year-old in handcuffs? What are you doing? What, what message are you trying to send us here? And I actually lost a job because of that charge. Like five years later at Chase Bank. Yeah. Um, it was dumb because I wasn't even skating. I was watching Ryan skate at this elementary school. But my point being is that is the equivalent to me of someone who just... Mosquito, this giant mosquito-looking bug comes in and you spray it with alcohol spray and it dies and you smash it or do whatever. And that's a cop that just goes and arrests everybody, 12 years old or not. Everyone's, at, everyone's trespassing, everyone gets arrested. Luckily, luckily for me, I was 18, so that stayed on my record. Everyone else was 17 and 12. Uh, and it was on a Sunday too in October and I thought about that that thought came to my mind um, when I let this giant mosquito looking thing I was like okay well at least I wasn't the cop at least I could see that it was freaking out when I started to spray it I mean these things probably only live like a week <laughs> as it is <laughs> a week lifespan so maybe yeah this 30 seconds inside the house was yeah, it's life flash before it's eyes. It's compound eyes. <laughs> oh, jeez. I don't know, man. But it, the thought occurred to me of like, hey, we, we can show each other compassion now to where down the road, it, it might actually make a lot of sense. So it's, let's not arrest each other just for skating at elementary school. And let's actually start donating to Skate After School, the program... Um, that Ryan Lay created. And for those of you that don't know who Ryan Lay is, he's a professional skateboarder. And he's very good. He, okay, this is already 20 minutes long, so I'm going to keep this rolling until 30. Let's go all the way, or at least a little bit longer. But he um, was the one who got me to quit skateboarding, funny enough. I should probably share this with Ryan, or I hope Ryan hears this. He's like, I don't know, Bling. Look it up. Bling Vieira. He knows who I am. He knows who I am. <laughs> we used to listen to the Get Up Kids, and I remember I started singing along with the Get Up Kids, and he's like, wait, you don't listen to this music? Yeah, I do. He goes, you listen to, like, hip-hop and rap. <laughs> I go, no. He's like, dude, I listen to everything, Ryan. I can listen to the Get Up Kids, and I can listen to, like, Eminem. I can be hip-hop and emo um he got me to quit skateboarding without even knowing it ryan lay did yeah professional skateboarder ryan lay convinced me to, to quit skateboarding without telling me it was it was what he didn't say we were at freestone park skating 
And I think he was 14. So this is two years after the uh, trespassing incident, getting arrested. Two years. So I'm 20 years old. And he's 14. And I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. I could 360 flip. But I remember that night at Freestone Park, I was watching Ryan skate. And he was doing his Ryan thing and just kind of going around. Doing whatever. Nothing crazy. He's just kind of flowing. And then he started doing crazy things. I was like, man, what's he trying now? And so I started kind of watching him, pretending I was still skating, but I was kind of just watching him, seeing what he's doing. And then I pretty much just stopped to watch him because he's 14 years old and he's launching out of this sort of transition. He's launching out of it, doing a nollie to backside nose blunt slide to revert, fakie, whatever you want to call it. But he's, this is like a big trick for a pro to do. And he's 14 years old and he's just flying uh, over this gap kind of thing. I can't explain it, so I'm not going to try to, but it's a large gap um, of like transition at Freestone Park. And he's going up, launching up over this gap, lands fakie or nolly. Oh my gosh. Does like this huge nolly, right? Then he lands in a backside nose blunt slide on the ledge. Slides along there, and then he just rolls off. Fakie. Lands fakie, rolls off. And it, it looked so easy. He was making it look so easy. And I was like, well, maybe he won't land it. Maybe he won't even land it. And then he landed it like... <laughs> I'm 20, he's 14, and he's doing like these pro tricks. And I remember just thinking right then... Uh, I'm going to stop skating. Right before I went home, he landed it. <laughs> right before. Oh, man. It was cool, though. It was cool. And it was cool to find out that, like, he's doing good things, skate after school, and that he's pro. But, yeah, he got me to quit skating by being so good. Being so young, so good. I was like, well, I'm not going to be that good. Don't quit your day job when you're 20 years old and you think you're going to be a pro skateboarder and this 14-year-old just showed you what to do and you're like, ah, maybe I should quit my day job. Maybe this whole pro skateboarding thing's not going to work out after all. And it didn't for me. For Ryan, it did. So I could, I saw what was going on. Now Ryan's good. He's a good person. Uh, he actually reminds me of... Um, this Clint's Reptiles guy I was talking about. That YouTube channel, Clint's Reptiles. Man, what a good person Clint is. I think uh, he has a real connection with animals that is rare. And he has a real love for education and educating people about animals that's rare too. And he does it in a way that's so interesting. He was telling the story, Clint's Reptiles on YouTube, he was telling the story about black widows. And he even his mannerisms of explaining how this black widow would delicately wrap these beetles up in a web. Yeah, he had pet black widows, I guess. <clears throat> and he said one time one of these beetles bit the black widow on the leg. 
And he says these beetles were rough, like they could bite, and they would usually take out other spiders the same size and other beetles, no problem. And he says this black widow is the only time he saw one get bit. And he says this black widow uh, got bit, and he says it backed off the beetle, went to the corner a distance away, and started, I believe it was chalicerae? Chalicer? Anyway, the, the spider's mouth, it starts kind of running its leg through the mouth, through its mouth, and like straightening out its spider leg. And then it said, and then Clint said that the black widow started wrapping its leg in silk, like, like a cast. And I thought, how incredible. And I have no reason to believe that Clint is lying. I don't think there's any... I probably wouldn't believe the majority of people that would tell that story. But coming from him, I'm like, I believe it 100%. Because the guy has no reason to lie about it, but he's so enthusiastic about it and everything else that it's like, I, of course it happened. I think it's amazing that charlotte's web type spider is like oh let me just bandage up one of my eight legs real quick because i got bit by a beetle and he said he said that there's probably more going on with black widows not that i'm about to go run out and grab a bunch of black widow pets but it was an interesting story that's all i got that's 30 minutes that's cool i think i hope if you're awake and you're the only person awake you're not the only person awake and i hope this podcast helped this late night podcast bling after hours don't stop skating Take care, guys. This is the Bling Vieira Podcast.